This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Morena, no mai kitirero, <laughs> oh, it's been a while. No mai kiti korero uh, on Manawatu People's Radio. Tereo irarangi o natangata o Manawatu. Ah, look at the ignorant immigrant trying the tereo. Um, we are here on the catch-up this morning. It is a Friday morning, and so we turn our attention to central government and MP for Papaioia. We have Tangi Utakere Atamarie. Tēnā koe, Fraser. And what a wonderful morning it is here in Palmy. It's just fantastic. Won't the last. driving. Well, I, 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 yes, my forecaster tells me that last late last night, but um, look, let's make the most of it while we have it. Uh, apparently the weekend is going to be nice though, uh, but then next week is going to be awful again. Yeah, well still, nonetheless, a great opportunity for people to get out and get the vaccine, uh, whether it's sun, hail, shine, whatever. Mm, well, um, I, I, I have my first dose, my second is booked, so I'm just trying to get laundry done at the moment. Oh, fair enough. Well, look, I, I had my second dose earlier in the week. I uh, went down to, to You look very well. Oh, look, I am feeling fantastically well. Um, you any know, this li- week has any, been fine. Any little side effects or anything? Because no. I know people, and this is not to say the vaccine is bad, it's going to hurt everyone, but some people have had, you know, a couple yeah, of days of yeah. discomfort. And, and, I, and I'm told that it, that proves that your immune system is doing what mm-hmm. it's meant to be doing. No, I just had a little bit of a tender arm for a little bit, but I'm, um, I'm perfectly fine and... Um, Still with it? Even well, some were, might argue actually that I never have been with it. But even um, if you were under the weather, I think you are duty bound to go. I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine. Good. I'm yes. good. Um, actually, well, let, let's start with vaccines because I mean this is the topic du jour. Um, the government are really, really pushing uh, to try and get on the uh, latest stats. Fifty-one point three percent of the population, according to the stuff.co.nz ninety percent project yeah. uh, graphic, are fully vaccinated. Um, a further twenty-nine point one percent. This is of the eligible population uh, have one dose and still nine. 19.6% of the eligible population are unvaccinated. And this is people 12 and over that are eligible. Um, just before we get further into it, does eligible include people over 12 who have a legitimate, and I put in air quotes, legitimate reason, uh, perhaps a health issue that they cannot be vaccinated? I, I'm not too certain on that. I'm I'm. Uh, I mean, there's uh, probably a margin of error thing there as well anyway. Yeah, there is. um, And a lot of that information won't actually be known until – because at the moment it's dependent on an individual fronting up. Mm -hmm. So we we don't actually know wholeheartedly, you know, what some of the reasons for individuals are, whether it is that they have a particular – um, you know, a, immunity issue that prevents them from having mm-hmm. the vaccine or whether they just people, choose not to. I'm assuming there will be people uh, maybe going through chemotherapy or any other sort of uh, diabetic treatment or, or anything like that that will just not be able to. I mean, their immune systems will be on their backsides as it is. You're right. There are some uh, situations for individuals where their current health um, I guess situation mm. prevents them from um, receiving that. I've I've heard Dr. Verrill talk about 
um, you know, some treatments for cancer, how you, you still can receive um, the vaccine, but certainly note that actually there are different circumstances for different people. In terms of here locally, um, you know, we're getting those stats on a on a weekly basis mm. and, and I've asked the DHB if we can get that a little bit more frequently and they're, they're happy to do that. Um, we're, we're slowly on the improve but there is still much work to be done and the stats that you've referred to do, yep, you're right, is around that first dose and the second dose um, and what you're hearing from all MPs regardless of what political colour mm. they have on their sleeve is the important of getting the vaccine and mm. particularly actually if you are one of those people who have already received the first vaccine um, th- there's an extra push to make sure that you actually don't just put it off but you go and get the second mm. and this week we've heard um, an encouragement really around how you know previously it was six weeks saying actually three weeks perfectly fine well yes now that that's a thing in and of itself originally it was three weeks yes. and and I know people that have done that uh, when I got my first dose it was uh, put forward by the scientific community that the longer you wait before your second dose, the more effective the vaccine will be. So I've, I have I, I was told to wait six weeks. My appointment's booked. I'm not going to muck around with that. Mm. It's only next Friday. It's fine. Now we're going back to three weeks, which we have been told is less effective. What we are told is that three weeks is perfectly fine. So, you know, it, but six it, it, weeks is better. Six weeks, there is some research there that indicates that six weeks is marginally better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I received that information as well. Like mine was Six or six or seven weeks or thereabouts when I got the vet, my second dose this week, um, but what we are, I guess, also hearing is that where we're looking to ramp up the vaccine and it's accepted by everyone across the house that you know this is the way in which we move out of up and down lockdowns or yo-yos, the word, and mm-hmm. um, restrictions on business, restric- restrictions on movement. That it's about getting the vaccine and getting people vaccinated. So is is this basically uh, an admission that because the science supports this, that, that this uh, Pfizer vaccine that the majority of us are getting, if not all of us are getting, uh, is being shown to be less effective after a mere six months of vaccination. Therefore, a booster is going to be required. So you might as well get it within three weeks as opposed to six? No, I, I don't think so. Um, MedSafe have approved the Pfizer vaccine and its use. And I'm not saying what, it's not safe. No, but, but in terms of efficacy, there, there is a, a difference based on the, the medical research around the three and the six. Mm. But the big push is actually ensuring that our community is vaccinated and fully vaccinated. And actually, if it means that there's a difference between three and six weeks, but the effectiveness is still in an acceptable level, mm. then that's the right thing to do. But everyone is going to need a booster in six months to a year, aren't well, they? Well, I, th- I think, you know, what's accepted is that there are um, there are opportunities moving forward, just like a whole range of other things. You know, the flu, the flu shot that mm. changes from year to year depending on the variants and what have you. It's accepted that, you know, we'll need to learn to live with COVID. It'll be different in, in the future and there will be requirements upon all of us in order to meet that particular need. No different to how we function with other um, immunisations. Well, will this be like the flu shot moving forward and that we offer it free to a certain demographic uh, to sort of keep that sort of herd immunity. I don't like that term because no. everyone's cottoned on to it. But I mean, that's what we do with the flu vaccine at the moment. We vaccinate enough of the vulnerable so that most people get the flu and go, oh, I feel terrible for about four days and then be and then fine. fine. Uh, yeah. Is that what the COVID boosters are going to be like uh, moving forward? We'll offer it to the vulnerable, but everyone else will just have to suck it up. 
Well, I, I think that's unknown at this stage. You know, what is clear is that COVID is, is very tricky and it's very different. But what is accepted is that moving forward, when we get a high level of vaccination, we're able to return to a, a new sense of normal, that our new normal will take into account those various factors. So, um, yeah, it may be that it is uh, a booster that is required and how we prioritise that. I, I don't use that in a, in a specific term, but in a general term, uh, you know, to ensure that vulnerable members of our community are able to um, access that. And that forms part and parcel of the future in terms of what the new normal will be. Mm. Uh, my rudiment, rudimentary math suggests that currently, if everyone that gets the one dose gets their second one, will be about 80.4% of the eligible population will have been vaccinated fully. Um, and yes, that 19.6% that are unvaccinated, we're aiming for 90. Yes. The scientific community says 95, 97, really. Uh, and I'm sure our national health infrastructure will be praying for 97 plus because our health infrastructure ain't great and is at capacity on a daily basis without a global pandemic. It, it, are we going to even hit 90 well, there, there are two issues there. Um, one is that, yes, absolutely, the 95 plus, 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 yes. you know, will take us to 100. Yeah. Um, and the other is the, the, the ability of the health system to, to cope. It is very clear when we look at other parts of the world that where COVID is rampant, it is an absolute pull on the resources. Mm-hmm. You know, we accept that. Everyone accepts that. The health reform, that's coming next year. Some would say, well, you know, we've got to deal with the, the now and the present. Um This is why it's so important that we get as many vaccinated as we can. And you would have heard, uh, you know, this week the announcement of the the lead up to the Super Saturday focus and event on, Mm -hmm. on Saturday week where we are encouraging everyone in our community to turn out people to, to get the vaccine. And so I've been working with um, the, the local DHB here um, with Kath Cook, the chief executive and her team, but also with other regional members of parliament from across the parliament. You know, yesterday I spoke with Ian McKelvey, I spoke with Tiana Toyono, I speak with my own colleagues about actually putting political colours aside and turning people out. And so the focus there for Super Saturday is on how all MPs in this region and across the country can help DHBs to ensure that the community know where these vaccination clinics are on the Saturday, that they're stood up, that they turn people out. You know, we will have vaccination clinics here in Palmy that run from the morning right through to the evening. At the Which moment, they do most of the time anyway. Uh, not, well, they do on some occasions. For example, yesterday I was in the plaza, a wonderful pop-up clinic there that was open till 9 o'clock. We have a drive-through opportunity that runs through to about quarter to five. So this, what we're looking for is Super Saturday, as um, Chris Hipkins says, actually, kind of like an election day turnout, mm. where yep, Just sure, not, in the lead up to it Not a local body one. No, no, no well <laughs> the, the, the point is <laughs> turning people out in terms of making an event of it. Yep. Yes, we have an elections, you know Early voter turnout. People can go and get the vaccine, go and vote, those sorts of things. So where's, this is the, the, where's the huge marketing push for this then? I mean, I, I did, it's a great idea. It but is a great idea. I didn't know about it until I was told by your office you wanted to talk about it. I mean, Absolutely, I want to talk about it because this is something that um, MPs are working with DHBs. This and should be like plastered all over social media. It should be in the newspapers. Look, it should be I billboards. I do not disagree with you. And what you'll see is uh, if you're travelling around the country, which is not a lot of that at the moment, mm. 
But, you know, a lot of those billboards, all of the messaging on the NZTA network, those electronic messages will all be about Super Saturday. Um, I've spoken with the DHB around what the advertising nature of that will look like. They tell me that, yes, there'll be ads, there'll be, you know, social media, all of this sort of stuff. So it's a ramp up into Super Saturday. And, you know, the team and I will be working really hard to identify, particularly with those heat maps that have come out from the Ministry mm-hmm. of Health yesterday. You know, let's sit back and have a look at those stats here in Palmerston North. We can instantly see that the areas of focus here locally are, well, across the board, because mm. we're not at 100%, yep. um, every suburb, every little uh, village needs a focus. But here we're talking about Highbury, mm-hmm. we're talking about Westbrook, we're talking about parts of Awapuni, we're talking about parts also of, um, it's defined as Tremaine, uh, which is, is largely that, that Roslyn northeastern yeah, yeah. part of the city. Those won't come as any surprises to, to you or I. Um, it's Are we getting a shot bro bus then? Well, I tell you, I've had a conversation with the Mayor around this, around how we can support um, the rollout. He has a wonderful idea where we actually get the uh, the mobile library bus, which is not in use at the moment. Mm-hmm. It is trusted with our community. People know what it's all about. People are able to access it. I've given that over, that that suggestion from the council uh, to the DHB yesterday. I don't know what that means in terms of the need to kit that out, yep. but it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful idea. And a free if, book with every vaccine. Well, yeah, it could be. But, you know, we've got to be doing things differently. We've got to go to the community um, because where we have those rates at less than 60 Six percent um, in some parts of the city, and in terms of others, at thirty-three mm-hmm. percent for first dose, we need to go to where the people are. Is it a fair assumption? Now, treat me like a, a lay person, like a, a dumb person, and, and if I'm in the right ballpark, let me know. Is it a fair assumption that the roadmap at the moment is that the government are going to watch the vaccine rates? And at some point, they're going to slow. Hopefully, it'll be 90%. Idyllically, it would be 95, 97, but it could be 82, 83%. When they slow, there's not a lot else you can do to encourage the rest of the population swiftly to take the vaccine. That's going to be a long education uh, period. So we have to start letting the country move again. Get Auckland out of the lockdowns, let everyone move. And at that point, Delta runs riot. The people that are vaccinated are relatively okay. And the health service has to deal with the rest. That's the plan, isn't it? There's no we, alternative plan. Well, to no, we, we don't want to be at that point. No, I know you don't want right. to be. But at some point, whatever the percentage of vaccination is, we're going to have to open the country again, aren't we? That's Oh, that, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And the health service is going to have to pick up the slack. Well, the health the health service and the health system will have to deal with what the consequences are, yes. and obviously, the higher the vaccination rate, um, the, the the earlier the the reopening will take place. Um, because D- D- Ashley Bloomfield is always going to tell you, don't come out of level three or level four until we're at ninety five percent. At some point, the government's going to have to say, the country's on its knees. We can't do that anymore. Thank you, Ashley, for your service. You've been a god to everyone, <laughs> and open up. And the health service are going to take over. Where I'm going with this is, what is the government doing to support the DHBs now in terms of providing that extra infrastructure? Because in the first level four lockdown when we didn't know where this was and what was happening mid-central had pop-up things everywhere ready to go extra beds is that being prepared for again when the vaccination rate slows down what i do know is you know you talk about at a particular point Mm. and we will know that at some point in the future and we're hoping that 
you know, with all the efforts and the push to Super Saturday and other things, that actually our vaccination rates get up there at a level that's, that, that we want the level to be at. But in terms of the preparations that DHBs are, are doing currently and have done and the support that government are providing in terms of resourcing, um, a good example actually is the recent case in Palmerston North just within the last week where we had a visitor to the region who was regularly commuting mm-hmm. um, and when he was notified of his positive COVID result, he happened to be physically domiciled in Palmerston North. Now, you know, the DHB had plans in place for the eventuation of that event, and they were able to effectively stand those plans up. Mm-hmm. Um, when I they spoke, scooped them up and threw them in a, well, in a residential you know, I, I mean, what, what we're saying there is that the DHBs and my conversations with the DHB locally is that they do have plans in place. We're hopeful that they don't have to call upon them, but in circumstances like the weekend where they did, they were able to. It was smoothless. You know, there were no issues. Uh, as a result, the individual is is you know mm. um, being isolated. Um, so you're not aware of any calls from any DHBs, particularly Mid-Central, for more resourcing in the event that they have to deal with 15% of the population unvaccinated taking up beds in, the, in, in hospitals? What I would say is that, you know, hospitals and DHBs, undoubtedly and acceptably so, always want more resourcing, hmm. right? They absolutely always want me more resourcing. But I can confirm that the conversations that I've had with the DHB are not in that particular space. Because this is not a case of uh, woeful funding under the previous government, Middlemore Hospital or Moldy. This is, we would like to deal with the global pandemic, please and thank you. So, you know, <laughs> it's not apples and apples. Uh, speaking of Middlemore, I mean, it brings to uh, light again the, the 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 nature of this. We had another death a couple of days ago. Um, it always, it always it makes me uncomfortable to hear about Middlemore because, you know, the last time we heard about Middlemore, it wasn't fit for purpose, which again raises questions about the resourcing and capability and capacity of the health service when we heard only a couple of years ago Middlemore had mould in the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, is the health service, I, I, I guess I'm repeating myself, but just for the sake of uh, ease of mind for the community. Is our health service capable of dealing with Delta if we don't get to that 90%? Well, firstly, I I do want to acknowledge the passing of a member of the Pacifica community, a gentleman in his 50s. um, Who had suffered with this for a long time. That's right. That's right. And he was in the ICU unit, you know, um, up in the middle more. Over 40 days. Yeah. So um, that's that's a, a... a salutary reminder to, to all of us of the consequences of, of Delta. I have no doubt that he received excellent care um, while he was at Middlemore. And, you know, we've got to reflect on the hardworking members of our health community who are working extremely hard at the moment, not just here in the Manawatu, but right throughout New Zealand. Um, and so on the one hand, we've announced these reforms because we identify actually that at, at an infrastructural and a um, structure basis, it's not working. You know, that, that's, that's COVID aside, it's not working. And so we've made some announcements in that space. I know that Andrew Little, um, who coincidentally was visiting um, Palmerston North earlier in the week, uh, you know, is continuing to drive that work, and, and so should he. Um, but in terms of, you know, hospitals being in the space to be able to del- delve into and deal with Delta, um, it's exactly why we need to have that high vaccination rate. And I know I sound like I'm harping on, and I am, because the only way that we're going to get to a better outcome is to increase the number of people in our community who are being vaccinated. It does sound a bit eggs in one basket and not 
planning for every eventuality. Whenever you're asked about vaccinations and the potential falling short, you go, well, no, that's not an option. We just have to get vaccinated. And in fairness, it's not just you. It's the government. It's Chris Hipkins. It's Jacinda. All about the vaccines. Yes, but tell us what if. Because at the moment, we don't know. And someone like me is going, health service is going to buckle. Well, it is very clear, as I've said, that, you know, with with Delta out in the community, in hospitals, because people need the support, that it will result in a significant strain on the health provider and health services. We want to avoid that. Mm. Um, And the way in which we want to avoid that is by encouraging our community to get vaccinated. And as such, Super Saturday, 16th of October, uh, just keep your eyes on social media and everywhere else and get more information or phone Tangy's office. Please do. Phone us, visit us, email us. Or Ian McKelvey. Or Tiana Tui Ono. Or Teresa Ngobi. You know, or Kieran Malconolti. Or Adrian Rudrafi or uh, Mika Faitari, all of the members of parliament in this region within the DHB are fully on board, are fully united around the need to get people vaccinated. And, and so ideas like library buses for suburbs, buses they're keen here, to hear. Absolutely. You know, visiting the, um, the plaza pop-up today, uh, sorry, yesterday was fantastic because they were saying people like the fact that they can just conveniently do their shopping mm-hmm. and get their shot at the same time. Um, I was there because I had to have, well, I was having coffee with my brother who was in the plaza, one of his workmates, wasn't going to get the vaccine, saw that the um, the pop-up was there, did, so I shouted him a coffee. Now, I can't say I'm going to do that for everyone that's you going to. You heard it here but first. what I will <laughs> say is that we all have a role to encourage others. And, you know, if you're a bit uneasy about um, the the vaccine and getting it, um, have a chat with someone who's had it and or have a chat with me, you know, contact me. I, I get that there are about 10 or 12% of people that have a phobia of needles and, yep. and there is a name around that. My, well, I'm sorry, that doesn't count. My stepson is one of them and he's had his vaccine. So There you go. And, you know, and we're, we're hearing from people that actually um, that it is a real thing, I get it, but their experience is is such that Actually, it was not an issue for them. Uh, I believe Hillary Barry was offering chocolate fish at one point, so it might yeah, be worth looking in Twitter there as well. and send them out. Yeah. So. Um, the only incentive really is, you know, the way out of this is the vaccine. I mean, if you're not doing it for yourself, do it for your loved ones, do it for your whanau, do it for your community. Yeah, but doing it for a prize doesn't hurt as well. Well, you know, if, that, if, if, you, if you want to we're buy not, someone a coffee e- or if you want to, you. If you, want to um, you know, do something to encourage others, then... Go for it. Uh, we are here with Tangi Utakeri on the catch-up. We've spent far too long on the vaccines. We've only got about five minutes left, but I do want to talk about electoral law reform. That's right, because the vaccine is important. Well, that's true. Um, but you are talking about electoral law reform. Can you do that in a, in a nutshell? Oh, it could take a while. I mean, I did give a little bit of a Constitutional Law 101 to Chris Bishop in the House when he challenged me during the speech <laughs> once. But what I would say is Never we have challenged Tangi on we... bureaucracy. <laughs> Hey, uh, we would we would say that we've just this week announced a, a review um, that we're undertaking, and there are a couple of approaches to it. One is obviously in the lead up to the twenty twenty three election about ensuring that it's easy for people who are eligible to vote. And uh, you know, listeners may recall that we did a little bit of work in the lead up to the last general election around you know the ease and importance people could register on the day, for example. So that work and that will worked. continue. It did. Mm. It did. Um, it easier for people to vote. Early. It used to be that you had to have a reason like you were going to be out of your electorate or overseas or something. 
Um, and so it was easy for people to vote early and many of us, including myself, did. Um, but there is a wider piece of work that we're consult- looking to consult and do some work on, which is around wholesale changes, um, obviously for the longer term. And that will require a, a, hu- a super majority of the parliament, you know, mm-hmm. 75% of the parliament, around potentially looking at the age of, of voting. Um, some of those thresholds with MMP, so whether the 5% threshold is still appropriate or whether it should be lowered mm-hmm. or, or increased. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly not a view to increase, but perhaps lower. Um, the 4%. one seat, yeah, four percent. Some say three percent. Some say three and a half. Whatever. So it's well, the new conservatives would say three, wouldn't they? Well, some would say point five. <laughs> um, but it's it's about engaging in the conversation, but bearing in mind that it is not about changing the proportional representation that mm. New Zealand has. So it's not a a review of you know um, MMP and and canning that and going back to first past the post. Um, but it is looking at that that wider wider picture um, around voting age and, you, and what the thresholds and are. Well, I was going to say, oh, are, and Maori seats are out, out of the out of the conversation as yeah, well. They're they're yeah. locked in stone. Um, are you in favour of lowering the vo- lowering the vote, vo- voting age? We've seen a, a lot of positive uh, political activism from our young people, particularly around around climate over the past couple of years. Yeah, we do see a lot of our rangatahi and young people actually engaging in some of those important issues. Um, and often a lot of them are um, societal issues where they, they galvanise and, and come together as well. Um, look, I'm open for the conversation. Um, some people would say that 16 is too young. Some people say it's it's the right age. Some people say 18 is somewhere in the middle, 17. Um, I think it's important that we that we're opening this conversation and if saying we want to hear from the community. If you're going to take tax off someone for the work that they do, they should have a choice about who's taking that tax, though, shouldn't they? And 16 is a perfectly – my daughter's 16. She's working now. She is paying tax. I had to go through her payslip with her <laughs> and explain where all the money was going. Uh, she it's a should, good thing. She, well, yeah, and she should have a, a choice about who takes that tax, shouldn't she? Well, that's part of the conversation, isn't it, that you know, others would say that – um, there are certain responsibilities that you can have when you turn 16. Actually, there are certain responsibilities that you have when you can turn 15 as well. Um, but some would say, well, no, you know, 18. Remember, it used to be 20. Mm. So this is an ongoing conversation that it has. It used to be has, only rich white people. Well, it tiny. used to be. Thank goodness that has changed because <laughs> yes. that would rule me out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just, it's just signalling that there is – you know, a lot of conversation in this space and every now and then it's it's good, I think, for us as a nation to have an opportunity not to just talk about one or two little things mm. but to look a, look at a, a wider picture and electoral law, law reform um, is, is part and parcel of that. Uh, very, very quickly, we've got less than a minute. On Monday, you will be at the Globe Theatre with the other Manawatu leaders in the form of Ian McKelvey and Tiano Tuiono. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce are putting an event on there uh, talking about your sort of... Your your, your uh, ideologies and how you got there and all the rest of it. What time is that? Can you remember? I think it's five thirty. Five thirty at the Globe Theatre on could be Monday. Five or five thirty. But um, check well, out. Check, here's a shout out for. Well, well, exactly. And and here's a shout out for the Chamber of Commerce. Check them out on their um, social media. You know they they ran a breakfast that I spoke at um, last week, which is why we had to pre-record on mm-hmm. the, on Thursday. Um, a, a wonderful opportunity. So look forward to seeing people there. Marvellous. Tangi Utakeri, Mema Oparimata for Papayoya. Thank you for joining us on the catch up this morning. My 
pleasure. If you're out in fielding, I'll see people out there today. I've spoken with Ian. There's a pop-up vaccination clinic that I'll be visiting. Marvellous. There we go. Tangi Utakeri uh, on the catch-up this morning. Uh, we won't be back on Monday for the catch-up. We will be speaking to Wendy Carr on Tuesday, uh, but then I'm on annual leave for the rest of the week. So the rest of the week you'll have to deal with the dulcet tones of Hugh Dingwall on the morning show. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.